are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you. Well, good morning, Hope Church. I'm so pleased that you've been able to stream in from your homes this morning as we gather together again to hear from God's word and I'm so pleased to let you know that today we've got a real special guest and um, that's a real special guy called Vinu who's joining us today all the way from India. Vinu is just an amazing leader who I've got to know over the last sort of three or four years um, yeah through commission and and Vinu he leads our commission he's part of the apostolic team he leads with Guy um, and looks after all our India churches, which is uh, coming on 200 or so now. But I'll, I'll let him introduce himself. So, Vinu, why don't you just tell us a little bit about more about yourself, about your family, and and what you do? Hey, good morning, Chris. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, Chris and I were actually uh, cooking up a plan for him to visit us, but then the pandemic. Otherwise, there were some secret thoughts about Chris visiting us in Mumbai, India. Uh, I'm sure it is not on the front burner, but I think it will come back soon, sometime once the lockdown is lifted. Uh, For me, I'm married to Julie. We have two sons. Boys are big, 23 and 18. So right now, with the lockdown and the pandemic, house full. (laughs) and uh, as far as the work is concerned I lead a Living Hope Church and you have Hope Church we have Living Hope Church and uh, I lead I've been leading this church for the last 21 years Uh, it's a beautiful church I love it and uh, though I don't carry uh, much responsibility now because I carry significant responsibility for the wider work uh, for commission. Uh, Like Chris mentioned, we follow the same vision to see thousands of lives transformed through hundreds of churches and tens of nations. When Guy uh, gave that vision, he said, uh, in India, I would like to see 100 churches. I came back and I felt uh, 100. Uh, Why not 200 by 2020? Sounds good. 2020, 200 churches. It sounded good to me, but didn't sound very good to my our leaders. So, uh, but then I thought, this is this is what our life is all about: taking a step of faith. So we are we we said, okay, let's go for 200 churches. This is five years ago, and by the grace of God, I think uh, even with the lockdown, I think by the time we end this year, we should be touching 200. So thanks to God for helping us. And it's just amazing, Vinny, all, you know, God's grace on you and it's so inspiring to all of us here. And um, why don't you just let us know then a little bit about how has the coronavirus, you know, it's amazing that the churches are still progressing in this season, but how has it affected your family, but also the wider family of churches uh, in commission in India. 
I think uh, Corona has affected everyone. For us, for home, for me, our son had fever just uh, just the beginning of the lockdown, and uh, it just worried us. And uh, we were high fever. He was shivering, and, and uh, we couldn't admit him to any hospital. We just then one of our church members who had the hospital. he was kind enough to take him but thankfully it was not covid so we had the scare at that moment and then we with the lockdown and other crisis we began to slowly overcome that fear but right now i feel uh, uh, across the nation the mortality rate is not that high in india though the number of cases are high so people are contracting the virus but i think they are more hopeful that they come through this so the kind of fear that we entered this whole pandemic and the lockdown is not there now now that doesn't mean that everyone is throwing the caution away i think there is a significant amount of people are saying we will face it and the church i feel uh, So far in our church, no one has affected with COVID. Praise God for that. However, commissioned churches in other parts of the city and uh, country, there are some sporadic cases, uh, but uh, no, no death. So that's where we are at the moment. Yeah, praise yeah, praise God, praise God for that. And um, yeah, I know that um, you've been having a bit of quarantine in your building. uh with the different cases and so you know well done for pressing through uh even yeah. in that situation yeah so like i said uh, you know quarantine we never had any case in our building but uh, a couple of weeks ago there was one case and so we were in quarantine for 14 days and then we were just about monday was the last day for the quarantine and another case came up so we are in quarantine again <laughs> so uh but it's okay i think it is not so bad yeah um chris may i also say that one of the thing with the lockdown and the pandemic india is always known as the poor country i mean developing country but also has poor but with this uh lockdown and the huge migrant issue which must have come across in your news channel we have just increased the tally of poor in our country but as a leader it is also makes me extremely happy to know that churches have shown incredible maturity they have shown exceptional character in reaching out to people initially trying to help the people with this pandemic fear and then each each commission church leader is finding a way to connect with their own people so online church is what is happening at the moment then caring for the poor the actual providing help for the poor uh, just to give you a ballpark figure we have since the lockdown that is march 25th we have reached out to more than 50000 lives across commission churches 50000 lives so that's an incredible amount of people that we have reached out to providing food grains providing cooked meals sanitizer 
you know you name it and uh, then reaching out to people financially unlike before this time we found the indian churches the commission churches i'm talking about have risen to the occasion and because we are part of a wider family you know which is in uk and other parts of the world uh, we have you know others have been very generous to say that we want to stand with you what can we do for you so we shared what this is what we are doing and many have extended their support but that hasn't really come into the country yet because of some technical issue but we have seen incredible generosity from within the church this has never happened before so of the entire amount that we spent cuz we have almost 80% has come from indian churches we we have distributed something like 60 tons of food grains you know so i mean money is involved in all this but our churches have given generously it reminds me of um those passages where it says out of their poverty the macedonian churches gave generously you know the generous heart and um certainly you know that seems to describe actually what what you're experiencing there and i think that's amazing and and actually it's a real challenge to us in the uk um to 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 look at ourselves and think what come on what's our part what can we do to serve you and and certainly that's something that we are looking at as a church and and what we want to do over this season and i guess i've got one more question and that is that you know we're part of commission you're part of commission what does it mean for you to be part of the commission family of churches and what difference does it make knowing that you're connected you know to us in guildford and and to others all around the world yeah. for me cuz and to all those who are listening i'm i'm thinking i'm not part of commission i'm commission amen you understand Uh, so it is so i don't think that i'm attached to something i'm part of the whole thing so when i talk about commission i talk about the whole commission which is you know wherever we are our presence is there but few things that comes to my mind one is the sense of belonging belonging to an international family i give you an example we have i mentioned a lot of poor now some of our um, vernacular that is the you know hindi language churches they live in slums they literally live in slums but there is a church we have leaders in the community leaders in, in these slums and i was talking to them and they said uh, you know we are in pandemic in a pandemic we are in lockdown we don't have this we don't have that but we are happy now church has reached out to them and to their people and those who are not even part of the church we reached out to them giving them food grains and this is what one of the leaders said to me the people on in our neighborhood has a similar challenge that we face but they don't have hope we have hope so being part of a family is a massive strength you know and i think for for me it is a huge strength of being part of commission wider family and for us so though i am in mumbai 
you are in guilford i don't think you know we are i every time when we talk there is a, there's a there's a connection we are not you're not talking on a professional level we are family we are brothers and i i just want to say this to everyone who are, who is listening <clears throat> you pray for us we pray for you that's a massive thing more than the money and more than the other thing you know praying our family back in england praying for brothers in india everyone doesn't know each other but we know there is a prayer support now when we were going through this crisis it was our family said how can we reach out to you how can we help you so we are not just existing for monetary support you know but we say hey these are our brothers wanting to reach out to us and i also feel uh, in a time like this not only we we are emphasizing on the pandemic situation but i think we must go beyond that when we are thinking of church planting 200 and saying our brothers from other places hey how can we reach out to you in taking from 100 to 200 that's a massive strength that's a kind of partnership i feel there is prayer a sense of family and sense of reaching out in our needs i think there is great strength in being part of a bigger family and i'm 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 saying i'm commission we are together in this amen amen well well vinny thank you so much and um church we're, we're about to hear from vinny now and he's going to be carrying on our series hope matters and he's going to share an encounter that Jesus has with a, a blind man from John chapter 9 and you know as he does i just want to encourage you all to open up your hearts don't let your hearts be hardened but to open your hearts to all that god might say to you in your homes now we are believing that the holy spirit is going to change and transform us as we hear god's words speak to us so thank you so much vinny looking forward to to hearing you on on John chapter 9 god, god bless you thank you brother. chris thank you chris love to your family and uh, yeah let's see what the lord does okay good morning hope church thank you for inviting me to bring god's word to you today It was great participating in that interview with Chris earlier. Thank you also for praying for us as a nation. I know you are going through a series on hope matters and uh, I have chosen a passage from the Gospel of John. Let me read first a uh, couple of verses from that passage. the gospel of john chapter 9 verse 2 and 3 his disciples asked him rabbi who sent this man or his parents that he was born blind neither this man nor his parents sent said jesus but this happened so that the work of god might be displayed in him this is the word of the lord this is an interesting chapter This is a story of a blind man he was blind from birth and he receives sight but what is also interesting in this passage is this in this chapter there are 16 questions 
16 questions in this passage, in this chapter. Now, disciples asked a few questions already that which I read. But you will also know that uh, there may be questions in your life today. I know there are questions in my life. Maybe you are asking the question, when will this pandemic end? When the lockdown will end? What will happen to us? When will the vaccine come for COVID-19? Why bad things happen to good people? Why God allowing things to happen? If he is a good God and if he is all-powerful God, why isn't he doing something about it? If God is really powerful, why is he allowing us to suffer? These are some of the questions people are asking. I have two grown-up sons. They keep asking some of these questions. Why God allowing these things to happen? It's not that they don't believe in God, but I think questions are there. So the disciples were no different. They asked Jesus, the chapter begin by, uh, first what Jesus actually taking note of this blind man, and then disciples asking, Rabbi, who sinned? That's the first question. This man or his parents? That he was born blind. I have listed down few observations, in fact, 10 observations from this chapter. My first observation, as we begin read the chapter, you will find that Jesus saw this blind man. Jesus noticed the blind man. The disciples didn't notice, but Jesus noticed the blind man. He saw this man is blind and he wanted to do something for him. There's another story recorded in the gospel about blind Bartimaeus. He asked for help and you know how the disciples responded. They told him to keep quiet. But in this case, you can very well imagine the disciples have not noticed the blind man. But Jesus did notice the blind man. So, I want to actually uh, um, draw some things from that. Why did Jesus notice a blind man? Jesus noticed the blind man because he saw him suffering. Many a times, look at the disciples. When they looked at this blind man, they had questions. They wanted to know some answers. They wanted to, there was nothing, no comfort, no real wanting to reach out to this person from their end. I want to, I want to just leave something for you to ponder this morning. When you see people suffer, what comes to you first? Is this compassion? Is this something that you want to actually pause and ask them that what happened to you? Why are you, why are you like this? You know, in these days, a lot of people suffering. A lot of people going through uncertainties. We call it, we are living through unprecedented times, don't we? 
when we go through unprecedented times, there's a lot going in the emotions of people. It is good for us to reach out rather than trying to prove a theological point. Good to have good theology, but we need to go beyond that and say that we want to so we want to actually reach out to people. Jesus actually reached out to reach out to these people. You know, we don't look at our own life. The Bible says, "None seeking God, but He found us. He sought us." That's the story of my life. I was not seeking God. See. We seek God for a particular thing, for healing, for a breakthrough, for a blessing. But God sought us when we didn't have anything to offer, offer to God. He came for us. This man, Jesus found him suffering. And I think he wanted to reach out to this person. Do you think suffering can bring about greater good in today's world? People across the world, people are suffering because of the pandemic. Can anything good come out of this? Of course, it can equip us. If you want to speak to people, those who are suffering, the best way to do it, join the club of those who suffer and say that oh, I understand this is one area i believe in pastoral ministry we can't tell people really i understand what you're going through especially when you haven't suffered much you feel a question in your heart it can also comfort us in second corinthians chapter 1 verse 4 it says who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from god story of paul we read that in second corinthians chapter 2 12 verse 9 and he says that but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that christ's power may rest on me See, it's important what you hear from God for you in this current situation, in your suffering, in your difficulties. We talk about hope matters. It's true, hope matters, but you need to know what God has to speak to you in this very moment. Paul heard from God. He said to me, he's saying that he's not saying that for. you know for the church in corinth he said to me my grace is sufficient for you he didn't give him i don't know what sort of answer paul expected but he said to paul my grace is sufficient for you in the suffering my grace is sufficient for you brothers and sisters let me just say when we go through situations in life it's not something happened to you I believe it happens for you. Romans 8:28 it says and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. It is not what happened to you but what happens for you. It says that's why I say God works for the good 
of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So in all that what we're going through at the moment, I believe it is not what happened to you. Sometimes we make big things out of it, isn't it? Oh, this happened to me and that happened to me. And it's true. There is suffering. There are challenges. But we must know what happens for you in these times. My second observation from this chapter, there is a perfect God who is in control behind all our suffering. Now, my question is, are you willing to embrace suffering if it drives you to God? So, you know, God works all things for the good. If you know that, yes, it is for my good, then I'm willing to embrace it. He said in John's chapter six, uh, 9, verse 6 and 7, after saying this, he spit on the ground and made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. And he said, go, he told them, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Hallelujah. This man obeyed Jesus. Now look at that whole incident over there. Jesus actually spat on the ground, made some clay with his hand, took it and applied it on the blind man's eyes. It is not an ideal thing to do during the pandemic, especially when we, we are encouraged to exercise social distancing. We are encouraged to wear masks. I don't think anyone would appreciate something like this in a time like this. But Jesus did something. Do you know, brothers and sisters, When Jesus did this, the Pharisees, the people, the teachers of the law, they had a problem. Look at verse 8 to 10. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he he only looks like him, but he himself insisted, I am the man. So you see in this, the disciples were started with this question. Jesus performs a miracle. Jesus did something very extraordinary. We never see that as he has never done anything like that before. He didn't do anything after that. But it is not something pleasant, but it produced a wonderful result. Do you know in the, the Old Testament laws and the Jewish people, they made subsidiary laws. And one of it says that, uh, this is what the commentary says, spitting on the ground on a Sabbath was lawful. But the same spit that rolls on the mud, that becomes unlawful. And I'm thinking, are you serious? Aren't you glad that Jesus gave us only two commandments to follow? 
just to love the Lord with all your heart and then love your neighbor as yourself. When the law keepers, they were not worried about who healed them. Their question was, how, how this happened? How this happened? And uh, time and again, the four times they asked the same question in the passage, how this happened? But I want to actually draw our attention to something. It is important that we draw our attention. We turn our focus from how to who. Who did this? Who healed this man? Who created the world? Who is in control? Who can change our life? Who can give us life? That is hope. Not how, but who matters. My third observation. It happened on a Sabbath day. So healing on the Sabbath. Verse 14 says, Now the day on which Jesus made the mud and opened this man's eyes was a Sabbath. <laughs> Do you know there's something? In the Gospels, Jesus performed seven miracles on Sabbath day. That's what it says. Seven miracles. And you wonder, you wonder, why did he do that? Was it there to irritate the law keepers? I don't think so. Not necessarily irritate, but he was constantly trying to communicate the truth to them. See, here the I am I am the actually Lord of the sa- Sabbath. Look at me rather than looking at what happens on a Sabbath. But they missed the point completely. They were they were more keen to say how he is doing this, how he has done it. They questioned this poor blind man number of times. We'll come to that in a bit. Number four, my four, fourth observation, they approached his parents. Are you serious? Here's a grown-up man. He was blind. He was healed now by Jesus with an extraordinary miracle. And these people are not satisfied. That is something that I noticed. The law keepers, the legalistic people are never satisfied. Then you try to try to keep them with one answer. They will come up with another five more questions because they're never satisfied. Look at, look at the question they asked his parents. In verse 18, they still did not believe that he had been blind, had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Now, let me tell you, his parents were not great people, by the way. You know, first of all, when they knew that this question is getting tougher and it is going to have problems for them, you know, they threw him under the bus. They literally said, you know, he was blind and he was a beggar. He was not really adding much value to us. So they didn't really, really supported him. That's a separate thing. But look at, look at the, the law keepers and the, the, the people, teachers of the law. They wanted to further investigate. There are some things, you know, I must tell you that behind every question, there is a questioner. But, you know, you can have questions. That's a good thing. Questions are good. But the attitude of questioning, that I want to question everything, why this is happening. Why it is not this way? Why it is this way? I don't think that's, that's the way things should be done. 
that is i don't think that is done in the right spirit <clears throat> my fifth observation they approached him again so they approached him first then they went to his parents and now they approached him again verse 24 a second time they summoned the man who had been blind give glory to god by telling the truth they are not believing him he's saying now they are now they're saying you know give glory to god by truth they said we know this man is a sinner this man is a sinner so they come to him a second time can you can you imagine they're still not looking at who did this for you you were blind now your eyes are opened tell us more about how it, you know who did this for you and how can we know about this more instead they approached him again look at the man's response that's my sixth observation the man's response he made it very plain and simple i was blind now i see hallelujah john newton wrote this famous hymn amazing grace from this verse he said i was blind but now i see you know brothers and sisters there are many things i don't know even with the current pandemic lockdown unprecedented times i don't know many things but i have this is my conviction never give up on what you don't know never give up on never give up on life thinking about what you don't know never give up on life at this time just hold on to what you know and god will come in so this man was blind and his response was very simple i was blind and uh, now i can see seventh response do you also want to join him he's saying you're not getting it i'm telling you i was blind begging i was suffering this man jesus came to me and he asked me to do a few things and i did it i can see now i i told you once you went to my parents now you come to me again are you not are you not getting it and then he asked this question isn't it he answered i have told you already and you did not listen why do you why, why do you want to hear it again do you want to become his disciples too hmm who is it coming from a beggar blind man trying to get the point across to this people he said i was blind now i see your story is powerful i was blind now i can see sometimes i believe it, all all testimonies are powerful your story how god met with you how, what god done for you it is so powerful instead of telling somebody else's story i know that what jesus did to me i i came to faith in 1987 i was blind but now i can see sometimes when people share their story they say that you know i was so bad and they they tell their story for maybe 10 minutes they tell about how bad they were and the 11th minute they were they would say that you know 
I'm so glad now Jesus came into my life. This man was very simple and straightforward. I was blind, but now I see. My eighth observation, a personal attack on the man. Look at this. The man answered, now, that is remarkable. You don't know where he come from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, right? He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. So because their, their opinion didn't matter, because their point was not proved, he, they are on a personal attack on him. Because they didn't win an argument with this man, they are on a personal attack on him. And I know we do that sometimes, isn't it? We do that with our spouse, we do that with our children, we do that with our church members, we do that with people who come in contact with us sometime. Because we, don't, we can't win an argument, we actually try to name them something. We put them, we personally attack them. Oh, this is how it happened. This is, this, you don't have an answer, but you, you try to personally attack them. We can see from this passage a hardened people. Their hearts were hardened. You know what I feel? They, their hearts were hardened, not because there is, you know, they searched for the truth and they didn't find it. Their hearts were hardened because they didn't want to listen to the truth. You know, even in these times, you will find people have hardened their heart. Brothers and sisters, let's not harden our heart. There is a possibility because suffering and challenges comes around us, we tend to harden our heart. Let's not really do that. Let's really respond to the truth. We may not know all the truth. That is not, that, that is not something that we can, we can do anything about it. We can keep searching for it. But let's not harden our heart in these times. And it says they threw him out. Can you, can you think about it? A man was blind and begging. And because he didn't answer to their question, they threw him out. They threw him out. That means he couldn't come to the synagogue anymore. That leads to my ninth observation. The passage begin verse 35 to 37. Jesus heard that he had, they, they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. This man was blind. Jesus reached out to him and his neighbors, his family. They all had problems, including the disciples. Didn't really think great of him at that 
in the beginning of the story. And because this man didn't align with the, the, the law keeper's position, he was thrown out of the synagogue. And guess what? Who found him? Jesus found him. Jesus found him. They rejected this man. Jesus accepted him. When Jesus found him the second time, he was ready to receive him as his Lord and Savior. See, that's good because sometimes we can come to faith through, um, you know, the entry point could be a healing, a blessing or something the Lord has done. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, that is only the entry point. He had an entry point of healing, receiving sight. He was blind, but he could see now. But he comes to Jesus a second time. In fact, Jesus found him. And I want to say this to you. When you think that everyone has rejected you, there is a God who will never reject you. He, he, he said in his, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Even if your mother forget, I will not. Maybe in these times, you have gone through isolation. Maybe in these times, you've gone through rejection, anxiety, hopeless situation, and you felt no one understands me. No one knows what I'm going through. There is a God who knows you fully well. And he comes searching for you. Open your heart to God. This man is now ready to open his heart for Jesus. And that's what Jesus revealed to him. He said, he asked him, who is he, sir? I don't know who is he. Do, Jesus asked him, do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. Those of you who are watching and you don't know, Jesus, may I just share this? Jesus came to save the lost. If you are lost, put your trust in Jesus. He will bring hope to your life. If you put your trust in Jesus, hope matters for you. The spiritual blindness that people are going through. Many have eyes, but they can't see God. This man was blind physically, and this man was blind spiritually. Now, his physical eyes are opened. Now, his spiritual eyes opened as well. That, for me, is the most important observation from this passage. My final observation there is no condemnation. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Jesus did not come to condemn, but his coming will condemn. His coming. So this, the people, the blind man, he didn't come to condemn the blind man, but those who claim that they could see and those who, those who claim that they know everything about it, they remained condemned. My submission to everyone. Jesus has done something amazing 
for all of us. Let us not remain condemned after hearing the truth. He doesn't want to condemn you. He didn't come to condemn this blind man. He came to give him sight. He came to give him, give him, open up his eyes, spirit, physical as well as spiritual. But those who had sight, but they couldn't see him. They remained condemned. So Jesus is not coming to condemn us. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Receive Jesus. Welcome Jesus into your heart. And he will be the source of your hope, not only for today, for the rest of your life. May the Lord bless all of us. May we continue to look to Jesus and be anchored in his life so our life will be anchored in him. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10 a.m. Head to hopechurchgilford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.